All right, welcome back to Inside Flicks. We're going to be doing our weekly box office report. Uh, Rich, tell us which films made the top five this past weekend. This weekend, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, came in number one for the second time in a row with $31.9 million. Coming in number two is the new film Cocaine Bear with $23.2 million. Number three is the faith-based movie Jesus Revolution with $15.8 million. Coming in number four is James Cameron's Avatar The Way of Water with $4.8 million. And round out the top five is Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, with $4.1 million. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Let's talk about huge, it. Huge, huge drop. Biggest drop for Marvel uh, in Marvel MCU history. A disaster of a drop. and um, It was expected to be a, a, a big drop, but, but 69, almost close. Um, <laughs> 69.9, just to call it 70. It it's just shows you how the first step to phase five is. It's it's a... Uh, it's a misstep. It's a major, yeah, major misstep. I, I actually, you know, I, I got, I saw this movie last uh, week and I, I was expecting this drop. I was expecting the movie to have, you know, around a 70% drop because I, I said that, you know, I think this is like probably one of the worst comic movies that we've gotten since like maybe the early 2000s or like late 90s. And in fact, actually looking at the number, I, I actually... I'm surprised that it even came in as high as it did. I'm, I thought it was going to be more in, in the in the high twenties, um, oh. but yeah. But I, yeah, Man and the Wasp is a, is a is an atrocious movie, and I don't even I don't expect it to stick around at the number one spot for much longer. But um, I mean, round of applause to Cocaine Bear, right? <laughs> Overperforming. Yeah, it did slightly better than what the studio predicted, and so to come in at number two with this big number. It, and also being a rated R comedy, which is, you know, rare these days, we usually comedies are only debuting on streaming. So that's a good thing. You know, if you're a fan of comedy, it's maybe there's some signs of it coming back to theaters. It did really well on Friday. It opened up huge, took up the number one spot on, on Friday itself. But the, the cinema score is B minus and uh, the audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes, 75 percent. So, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of couple negative and uh mixed reviews so but overall the, they're um they're all saying that it's better to watch it with a crowd and um so i don't think uh it might get a big enough crowd next week but we'll find out i mean we'll, how big of a drop it is for next week do you think uh the appeal of something like cocaine bear was that you don't have to do much homework for instance these comic book movies there's a lot of characters being introduced and, you know, sometimes you have to, like, go back to read your old comic books or maybe watch a bunch of series of YouTube or, or videos. Go back and, go back and uh, watch all, uh, you know, 25 movies in the <laughs> Infinity Saga. Right. And Cocaine Bear is, is really just in the title. It, it tells you yeah. exactly what it is. So there's no effort. And you just could go to the movie theaters and just have a good time for two hours. And you don't have to put in the effort or the homework. You think that's the appeal of something like Cocaine Bear or, or other movies coming up? I think that's definitely the appeal for uh, s certain audiences. And I think that audience is getting uh, bigger and bigger because I would have said maybe a few years ago, no, people want sequels. People want, you know, franchises. But uh, now I would say it feels like people are kind of like getting tired of that, or at least they're getting tired of the franchise franchises that we currently have. And maybe people want something. People want a new franchise. You know what I mean? People don't want uh you know, the same old thing that we've been getting over and over again, I think. Well, the story itself for Cocaine Bear was very amusing. Uh, the, the, the actual true events was kind of mm -hmm. amusing. And, and uh, but the the, uh, the concept for the to make in this movie, I think it was genius. I mean, um, to, uh, I'm sure it wasn't that expensive to make. Um, but um, it, yeah, it, it falls in that same category of snakes on a plane. And also, you know, those old school ones, movie like um you know, Lake Placid and uh, um, uh, Anaconda, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's just, but a comedy version, right? Like, but you know, it's it's not it's not uh, um, insane like Sharknado, but well, it, maybe it's getting, more comparable comparable to like Piranha 3D. I, I was hearing that Cocaine Bear like had some uh, some the some scenes cut from the movie because they were too gruesome. Do you think maybe uh, Peacock will do what they did for Megan and maybe they'll promote the uncut version of cocaine, uh, pure uncut cocaine bear on Peacock, and maybe that'll be a huge hit. It's possible. Yeah, yeah probably. I, mean, I could definitely see that. 
an unrated version or uncut version of Cocaine Bear from Peacock. Yeah, because it seems like the one you know criticism the movie's been getting from audiences and and uh, the critics have seen it is that there's not enough of the bear. <laughs> so if there's you know some deleted you know deaths and all that, then I think I think we all want that. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about uh, Jesus Revolution, which is this faith-based film that was a big surprise this week. It came Especially in. to you, because I, I told you, but I, I, I told you about this movie that you know, was coming out. Right. And you said, I, I never, never heard, heard of it. it. I never heard yeah, of never it. Heard. Yeah. I mean, it, it did really good. It had a, a pretty much the same theater average as Cocaine Bear, which is fantastic for this movie, right? Yeah. And apparently this stars Jonathan Rumi, who was also the guy who played Jesus in the Chosen series, which is a, was a huge hit. Mm hmm. So is something about Jonathan Rumi, like, I think he has have gained a, a strong following. Yeah. Okay, Rich, now tell us uh, the rest of the top 10. Coming in number six is Magic Mike's Last Dance. Number seven is 80 for Brady. Number eight was Knock at the Cabin. Number nine is Missing. Number 10 is A Man Called Otto. Now let's look ahead to next week. Uh, Rich, tell us what movies are coming out in theaters this weekend. Open up wide this weekend will be Creed 3, the new boxing sequel that features the match between Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors. Jordan also makes his directorial debut. Also opening up in wide release will be Operation Fortune, Guy Ritchie's new espionage action comedy that stars Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, Josh Hartnett, Carrie Elwes, and Hugh Grant. Opening up in limited release this weekend will be A Little White Lie, the new indie comedy that stars Michael Shannon, Kate Hudson, Don Johnson, Divine Joy Randolph and Zach Braff. Also opening up in select theaters is Children of the Corn, the reimagining of the cult horror film based on Stephen King's horror novel. Also available in limited screens will be RRR the Fan Celebration, which will be available um, in limited release just in time for the Oscars. Also opening up this weekend is Demon Slayer, the new uh, Crunchyroll release. All right, let's talk about Creed 3. This is the new film that's coming out this week in theaters. And, and also Jonathan Majors. He's competing with himself. Uh, he, he, we just seen him in the new Ant-Man movie. So uh, what's your feelings about this? As this, I, I'm assuming this is going to be number one. Yeah, I, I believe it's going to be number one as well. But I don't think this is going to be a, a franchise best for Creed or for the Creed spinoff franchise. At the same time, it's Creed 3. So, I mean, was anyone expecting it to be, you know, a franchise best? Mm -hmm. This is just me coming from a personal thing. I just don't think the movie looks very interesting. So, I think this is going to come in under 20 million. Mm, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be around 30 million, 30, 35. Uh, I think, I think. Oh, well, so you think it's going to match Creed 2? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, I think the early buzz of the movie that is actually pretty good. I mean, obviously, I would have wished that uh, Sly Stallone would have been a part of it. I mean, I get that he has, you know, problems with the producer. And I think that's going to get a, a pretty decent word of mouth. And I think that's going to help boost the, the, the weekend numbers. And so I think it's going to uh, ultimately come in number one with around 30 to 35. Now, let's talk about streaming. Uh, what could we stream this weekend? Rich, tell us. Streaming this weekend on Shudder is A Spoonful of Sugar, a new nanny horror thriller that stars Morgan Saylor. Also making his streaming debut on Hulu is Triangle of Sadness, the dark satire film from force majeure filmmaker Ruben Ostlin, starring Harris Dickinson, Woody Harrelson, Dolly DeLeon, and the late Charlie B. Dean. All right, that's it. Let's talk about the SAG Awards. Let me see. All right, so uh, this is, as we record this, this is Monday. This is the day after the SAG Awards announcements uh, or ceremonies, and there was a pretty big night for everything everywhere all at once and, and really is a maybe a precursor what we what might expect to see in the oscar night uh, i was actually really shocked that uh everything everywhere all at once kind of swept all the kind of major acting awards uh rich you saw it what was your thoughts on the sag awards ceremony that's that's true i, I really didn't expect them to sweep um so much um uh, the awards Especially uh, um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that really surprised me. Right. That Jamie Lee Curtis won because she's she's good in the movie, but I kind of felt like pretty much everybody else that was nominated was better. <laughs> uh, so so oh. that that's that really surprised me. But everything else, uh, the rest of the wins, didn't surprise me at all. I think it, you know it makes sense. 
Yeah, I think that that's what's so uh, great about the sh- the, sh- the award show that and it didn't really surprise me. I mean, I guess you know, like you said, that Jamie Lee Curtis was the one, but even that didn't really surprise me. I think a, a lot of people because she had because her career. Yeah, I think a lot of people. Type of yeah, I think a lot of people just love her, and it's really just a, a award or a nominee or a uh, a show of her gratitude for the actor community. Even though that everyone probably expected Angela Bassett to win for that part or for that uh, for that category, but um, I, I but we I guess we've we you know since that movie came out we we probably been the only people on the internet saying that performance is overrated, right? But, but I mean no, it's I just, kind of, I, it's kind of like the same side of of Jamie Lee Curtis because it's also a really a nomination for the her body of work for for Angela Bassett. You know, it's it's kind of the same thing. I know. I think that's what it is for us. I don't think that's what it is for other people. Oh, you think so? You think people, think people really, people really people love really that love performance? What, yeah, and I think people really love the movie too. Wakanda Forever. Uh, maybe. Well, I just in that category, I just didn't think uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis would have pulled it off. I knew she was going to take home a, a SAG anyway with the ensemble win or the big win. Right. Yeah, I kind of. Uh, I I thought the ensemble win, um, the way they kind of set everything up to uh, give uh, James Hong his his moment was was fantastic. Yes, that was a a great way to end the night. I thought maybe even Hong Chao could have won it because I finally saw the whale this week this past weekend and uh, she's really, great. Yeah, she really did. And yeah, it's one of the best performances of the year. Right. It's incredible. Yeah, and but also Carrie Carrie Condon. I mean, uh, for could, the Banshees of Inner Sharon. Right and um, but. yeah, that's a good performance too. But I mean, for me, I, I um, the Hong Hong Shao is probably my favorite of those. But um, but it was it was nice to see Jamie Lee Curtis take out take it home. That's for sure. Yes, I I, I liked her uh, speech too. Well, well, let me play yeah. a little bit of the speech. Uh, uh, but she she should have took it home the trophy for Halloween ends. Right? <laughs> yes, yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean come on like more. I meant like stop. (laughs) I'm wearing the wedding ring that my father gave my mother. They hated each other, by the way, at the end of (laughs) all. Yeah, we kind of forget that Jamie Lee Curtis comes from... uh, Hollywood royalty, you know, his, you know, her father and 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 her, her mother are both famous actors, and that's I think that also plays into the fact that she won this award too. I mean, yes, it was her because of her body of work, but also that she also represents Hollywood in this way. And what I mean, there there's no other kind of award ceremony that kind of likes to give people that that reward because of the lineage, the lineage of actors. Well, it's yeah, that, that's it, but but it's mostly with actors. I mean, Michael Douglas is a good example, and also, um, um, you know, um, or Jeff Bridges. I mean, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, you gotta remember, a- acting the actor community is a really tight knit community, and they, even though they might not be in the same part or the same movie together or the same TV series, they might have gone to the same party <laughs> or. or Maybe live in the same neighborhood together. I mean, it's the, the it, it's almost it's almost like everyone knows each other either either by personally or by reputation. Yeah, it's growing up Hollywood. Speaking of like other great kind of acceptance speeches, I really did like Ki Hu Kwan's acceptance speech. He's always kind of been giving these really great you know emotional speeches, and I'm like, damn mm-hmm. man, this guy is better like drink a lot of water because he's. You know, every time I see him on screen now, he's like he's crying his eyes out. But it's, it's much to de- much deserved because I really love his performance. But let me play a, his uh, clip. Uh... Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, this is a really emotional moment for me. Recently, I was told that if I were to win tonight. I would become the very first Asian actor to win in this category. When I, when I heard this, I quickly realized that 
this moment no longer belongs to just me. It also belongs to everyone who has asked for change. When I, when I stepped away from acting, it was because there were so few opportunities. And now, tonight, here we are, celebrating James Hong, Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Hsu, Hong Chow, Harry Sum Jr. The landscape looks so different now than before. So thank you so much to all of you in this room and everyone who contributed to these changes. Thank you, everyone, for rooting for me. I will be rooting for you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I like the uh, last bit in the end where he says, I'll, I'll, you know, thank you for rooting for me. I'll, root, I'll be rooting for you. Mm -hmm. uh, that was like... He wasn't talking to you, Mike. I think he's <laughs> talking to me. And you know what, <laughs> KQ Kwan, I will be rooting for you. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a beautiful yeah, sentiment, I, don't, I, don't, I think. Yeah, but yes. as far as the award season goes... He is the, the lock solid and uh, how pissed uh, will you be if he doesn't win the Oscar and the Oscar goes to <laughs> and the Oscar uh, will go Oscar's... to Barry Keegan from Banshees. <laughs> no, I mean, no, yeah, no, he's the comeback kid. I mean, this, this story of his is, is the one that, that's going to get everyone. And uh, I don't uh, know, so, man. I don't know. I mean, it's really up for grabs when it comes to the Oscars. Uh, I, yeah, I would say he is the front runner, but uh, I don't know. I, I still don't think Brendan he's Fraser. The, he's the biggest lock out of uh, out of uh, the whole yeah. season. Well, if I, there's an upset. It's going to be Brendan Fraser, right? I, uh, Austin Butler wins. Yeah, I think Austin Butler's still in the game when it comes to Oscars. Even though Brendan Fraser won the SAG, and I think he deserves to win, and I think he probably after watching the whale too, uh, yeah, deserves to win the Oscar as well. I mean, deserves to win all these awards that he's been getting. Uh, but it, it, it really feels to me, it really feels like the, the whale has just has lost its luster for the last couple of weeks. And unfortunately for, for the whale, I mean, a lot of people really don't like the movie. It's a very divisive movie. <laughs> and I think that really hurt it, you know, a lot. Cause I think if the movie had been more of a crowd pleaser or whatever, like Elvis said, that the conversation, no, I didn't even think it'd be a conversation. I think it'd be just an absolute lock, like the way, uh. The way key is, but that that's not the case for the whale. The whale is a it's a Darren Aronofsky movie. You know I mean? Yes, I know. Um, and that, this is surprising to me because Aronofsky's is kind of known for his gritty take on these type of subject matter. The, I mean, the the wrestler is not a, like a feel good movie, <laughs> although it has like the sweeping ending. But I mean, I think the the whale is you know as comparable to. Onarfsky's uh, um, Requiem for a Dream. It's almost a companion piece because there, you're dealing with both. Really, I, you're dealing I with feel addiction, two types of addiction there. That that That's an interesting point. I mean, I I really look at it more of as a companion piece to the wrestler. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe it's... Because they're both character pieces. And you know what? At the end of The Whale, you could say, oh, well, maybe this is a little bit like Black Yeah, Swan. they have similar <laughs> endings. They, they have... Yeah, they have. They kind of have the same ending. Yeah, you're, all those three of those movies, yeah, so actually. There is a surrealism in the movie that feels like the Black Swan. There is a comeback story that feels like the wrestler. There is a dick, uh, addiction yeah. story that feels like Requiem from a Dream. But I will say that the one criticism I could have the whale, because I'm a big fan of the whale, but it's one of my favorite movies of the year. But I will say it is much more simple than all of those movies right. we just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but there is because uh, they it really is it really is a play, and it's based off a play. And and the, I think that's one criticism you can have. The big criticism you can have the movie is it, it feels a lot like a play. And while Aronofsky still I think does his you know art house you know visual things throughout the movie, mm -hmm. it it's still a play. <laughs> yeah, that's what I liked about it actually. I liked the yeah, I, I liked the, the 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 way it was constructed in I mean the way it's constructed is it's constructed for like a play. Each character that comes into uh Brendan Fraser's life, um I forgot the character's name. Charlie is his name? I can't remember, but um, yeah. These kind of uh characters that kind of fit in a, a bigger story about redemption and about I mean, I think in a lot of ways, and I was telling this to Rich yesterday, that uh, the whale and everything all at once is similar. has similar messages. It's trying to fight against nihilism. Both both have 
metaphors of depression. I think The Whale yeah. is certainly just a depressing movie, and and he is fighting depression. But the same thing you could say about uh, um, everything all everywhere all at once. I think, and I think the meta, there are also suicide metaphors and stuff like that. So, I think the difference is that Darinovsky is a Gen Xer. And and his kind of point of view is like I'm going to show you all the gritty stuff, and I'm going to show you like all the the, the I'm going to show you the warts and all of being a, of being this kind of addict, where the Daniels is so much a, a millennial, and their their take on the same material is like I'm going to show you like the fun stuff. I'm not going to really show you the, the message right away. It's not. It's going to be butt plugs and, <laughs> and hot dog hands and. And, I don't. I don't compare these movies at all. <laughs> I think they're. I think the message is both very similar. I don't. I don't think they're not similar in in tone or style, but I think the message is very similar, <laughs> but just told by two different generations. You don't agree okay. with that at all? No, I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> nope. Oh come on, man! I think I think it's true. I think I think. Uh, but I mean, they're both. They're both. I I think they're both trying to say something about. A, a struggle against uh, a, a nihilistic kind of uh, mentality that has swaddled each character. You know, you, for instance, the the whoa. Go ahead. What, what, what are we talking about right now? Are we talking about the whale? Or are we talking about everything everywhere at once? Or are we still talking about the SAG Awards? Oh, uh, just no. You just no. got me. You got me thinking about the whale, and and uh, you because I just watched well, it a couple of days did, ago. Did we finish talking about the SAG Awards? Uh, no. You want you you know <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, when you mentioned James Hong, uh, his kind of, uh, they gave him a, a moment for the spotlight. I thought that was probably the best moment of the night. And yeah. that's when they won the ensemble piece. And it's funny because, like, Rich, you were saying when we were watching this, why don't anyone recognize James Hong? Because <laughs> everyone was, like, kind of, like, shouting out Michelle Yeoh. Oh, yeah. And you were like, why is no one, like, paying attention to James Huang? I mean, he's right there. He's, you know, here's a guy who's been in the business for almost 75 years. No, he's years. never, uh, he, uh, on all the other awards, uh, he, he was never there. But this time he was there. Yeah. And, um, but all those other times that, um, on those other awards, he was never there. But during their speeches, I always been listening to see if they mentioned him. And they didn't. So, yeah, sometimes they forget about him. Now, Rich, do you have a problem that Mark Wahlberg uh, presented this award? I have a problem with him being uh, presenting the final award, definitely. Because <laughs> uh, when I think of a uh, established superstar to 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 reveal the biggest uh, you know category of the, the, the night, I do not think of Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Well, he's getting uh, people are slamming it because Mark Wahlberg had a history of uh, beating up a, when he was very young, beating up an Asian man or a Vietnamese man, yeah. and people are bringing that up as like that's yeah. a bad taste. I'm like, um, well, they didn't know he was going to win, though, right? No, of course not. I don't think he knew. And uh, but <laughs> my, my bigger my biggest criticism is more more the richer thing. I, well, I think I think Mark Wahlberg's an asshole, but um, but besides the fact that he's an asshole. I, I don't like the fact that they brought up Mark Wahlberg as you know their big star. Right, the big what the star. Hell? I mean, this guy, this guy has been sleepwalking <laughs> through films. He's all about like what, what, what's that thing you always say about like Dwayne Johnson? He's all about his brand. Right. He doesn't care about acting. He's all about you know selling underwear and selling <laughs> you know perfume and like look at me in, in my suit and like <laughs> fuck Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> That, that's who you bring up there? You might as well just have Dwayne Johnson presented then. I mean, it's a, what this is ridiculous. This is supposed to be the SAG Awards? Have a real actor up there. So Will Smith should have presented the award? <laughs> no, but uh, it should have been like, you know. Tom Cruise. Know, what, what was one of the, yeah, maybe Tom Cruise, but what was one of like the big, what was one of the big Oscar winners last year? You know, have to star of that movie. I know. When either. was the last time Mark Wahlberg was in the movie people liked? I know, I know. The thing is, like, all these actors, Will Smith, Tom Cruise, they all have, like, this baggage anyway. So I think any, unless you, like, put Tom Hanks up there, I guess, uh, then, like, they, he, there's only, like, a few number of actors that you could have to present that wouldn't have the, a baggage. So mm -hmm. maybe, no. yes, maybe it was kind of almost ironic or, or the fact that, you know, Mark Wahlberg was there to present this 
there's a SAG award. Maybe, to the, maybe, maybe he was a last minute replacement. It really did feel like that way because I was yeah. shocked to see him presenting this award too. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was just I don't know. He picked up the phone. Maybe <laughs> that's the thing. He was the only one who picked up the phone. Well, <laughs> it's uh, Netflix. So the, oh, does he have a deal with Netflix? Maybe he does. He does have a deal with Netflix, right? Yeah. Everyone has a deal with mm -hmm. Netflix. All right. So here it is. Here's the, the final award of the night presented by your favorite actor, Mark Wahlberg. Everything, everywhere, all at once. SAG AFTRA members. On behalf of my crew of weirdos, we appreciate your support so much for this beautiful moment, this beautiful film, and all of your love and support. Next. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. So, you know the, the, the stunt guys? Right. From yes. The movie. They were there. They were on stage. Uh, they were on stage. Uh, they, they have seen. They 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 have roles in the movie. They're actors in the movie. Right. But, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, the the bald guy and the the one dude he had his uh, his hair dyed uh, red. Mm -hmm. Dude, those guys looked like they were high. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, those guys looked like they were like on on ecstasy or something <laughs> like that. They reminded me of uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone <laughs> when they dropped acid at the Oscars. I, I was looking at the bald guy, and it seemed like he had contact lens. Like he yeah, had, he did. Right? So I, I made I, him look stoned. I don't know what was that all. Maybe they came out of a set of a vampire movie or something. I don't oh, know. Maybe that, that would make sense. Actually, <laughs> I don't know what happened. They 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 looked like super like baked to me. <laughs> maybe they were. The word ensemble comes from the Latin word for at the same time. Wow, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, okay, it's my turn. Uh, so while we were individually performing, we were also connected and supporting each other as a family at the same time. <laughs> but there is one of us who has been supporting ensembles for longer than any of us has been alive. He's been acting since there were only... since there were only 49 states and he just turned 94 years young. making to get him to this stage. Our patriarch, our friend, our Gong Gong, James Ha! Friends, relatives and friends, so happy that you're all here tonight. Actually, I said that because we might be broadcast in Hong Kong. My first movie was with Clark Gable. But back in those days, I have to tell you this, uh, the good earth, the, the leading role was played by these guys with the eyes taped up like this, and they talk like this, and the producer said, the Asians were not good enough, and they are not box office. But look at us now, huh? <laughs> Actually, we are not all Chinese, but Jamie Lee, Lee's a good Chinese name. <laughs> uh, that was a speech from the night right there. Yeah, so I mean, I I, I love I loved every there everything everywhere all at once. I think it's one of the best movies of last year. So uh, I'm I'm happy to see all the love it's getting, and I'm I'm hoping it does really well at the Oscars because um, I I mean it's is it the front runner? Do you think for best picture? I I think at this point, yeah, because it it won uh this you know it swept here in the SAG Awards, and also the Daniels won for 
DGA directors directors award. Yeah. So and that means so that means the the people in Hollywood, the members who are part of the Academy, are voting on it. Because I really don't. I I like the Fablemans a lot, but mm-hmm. I don't want the Fablemans to win. Yeah, the Fablemans I, has lost a lot of gas. They they have run good. out. <laughs> good. It's a very good movie, but I mean, uh, it's it, this is this is this is as far as it should have gone. And um, the Banshees, Banshees is the other was the other front runner, right? And yeah, and I don't I don't think that has any chance anymore, right? Because I don't see any buzz for that anymore. Yeah, yeah, maybe just like we we're saying earlier in another episode that I think screenwriting might. That might be the only one, only category it takes it for the Oscars. But I, and I Tar, think Tar is dying as well, right? I th- no, I think there's some. I think there's some people who really, really are have jumped on the bandwagon, the Tar ba- and, bandwagon. And, and and you've always been the only one on the Triangle of Sadness bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> I still love the Triangle of Sadness. Uh, but I, I get you know I get why people didn't didn't particularly like that film. It's 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 not. It's it's, it's funny. It's funny. My 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 two favorite movies of the year is Triangle Sadness and The Whale, which I just watched the other day. Are the the, the two most hated movies? Of the year. Yeah, the most two the two most divisive films of of this uh, of last year. And I'm like, I'm, f- well, I'm fine well, with it. I'm fine with it. Well, this is perfect. This is perfect uh, transition because what I what I really wanted to talk about is The Whale, and yeah. um, I wanted to specifically talk about how um, if you if you look up the movie online. It's getting really good reviews from the audience. It has a 7.8 on AMDB and just like, you know, from a Google search, you know, it says 92% of the audience, you know, that, that voted or whatever liked it. Mm. So, I mean, audiences seem to like the movie, but critics hate this movie. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the reviews I've seen for the for the whale, like, and I haven't seen reviews for the movie since December, but I remember when I was reading the reviews and then when I watched the movie, I was like, it feels like the critics saw a completely different movie. Because to me, it felt like a lot of the critics didn't even understand some things that were happening. Like, I like I I read so many or I read so many reviews and saw so many YouTube videos of people saying this is Darren Aronofsky laughing at obesity, and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> they say this is a movie of of him. He has these comical scenes of him eating himself to death. I'm like, what? <laughs> and these are like really respected critics, right? Like, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't I don't understand what well, movie they saw. It's, it's funny because they, that's the movie they saw. So that says a lot more about them than, than Darren Nanofsky, right? Because I don't that's, think that was yeah, his right? intention to really see, to show this as like some kind of joke. I think really. It, that that scene when he's eating himself to death is one of the most emotional no. scenes in the movie. I mean, he's literally committing suicide. Yes. I mean, it, it, he is binging and he's, you know, and it's it's shown in very graphic uh, nature. I'm meaning that he's they're showing it right there's no kind of there's not a it's not stylistically shown like in the shadows or something like that it's right in your face of him binge eating and 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 literally throwing up the next moment and and it is also uh, maybe maybe to try to make some sense of what critics are saying it is probably like the the scene in the movie that's shot the most visually it's where you see the cinematography, like the camera move the most. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that just kind of made it more intense. The sequence. I don't know. I I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't, it, I don't it, understand it, it, some of the the, the criticism it, some critics have for the, the movie. The it, it had a, the, the, what the, what was the problem is that the the, the whale had uh, was labeled as fat phobia or got this fat phobia label very early on. And I think when critics and, went to see, and the see, only people that say that about the movie are skinny people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I think when people, w- when critics went to go see it, they had that in mind, and I think just they're they're reacting to the kind of the depressed, bleak nature of the film, and they're just saying they they they're going with the easy way of criticizing it by saying, oh, it kind of fits into this fat phobia. To me, fat phobia is the Rebel Wilson comedies, <laughs> you know, like. You know the pitch perfect comedies. You know, like she, she heard her character in Pitch Perfect. It's called Fat Amy, and all her shit is fat jokes. And look, this critics is, love that movie. And, yeah, and, and like this is this is not a, a, a. I'm not saying that Rebel Wilson is not funny. I think she's a very funny actress. I, and she, she recently came out and said that that you know she wanted to lose weight, and the producers of that film told her no. During you know during the shoot of of, of Pitch Perfect, the franchise, so. 
uh, I'm just saying that is fat phobia. That that is more, or at least that to me, that is more uh, in, in offensive than say showing you really a kind of a bleak, uh, uh, straightforward uh, look at kind of what this addiction is with with Brendan Fraser's character. Character, but Rich, what, what what's your thoughts on the whale? Is there something to this fat phobia? Is critics are just too uh, sensitive when it comes to this stuff? Of course, of course they are. I mean, it, it and it's not the first time we see uh, this kind of reaction towards a, a subject that they're they, that they're uh, tough subjects, a, a tough subject for the most to criticize. Eh. But uh, yeah, but as far as the movie goes, it, it it's a great movie. It's a great movie and a great performance by everyone involved. It's not one of my favorite movies of the year, but it, it's still very, very good. Did the play aspect work for you? Hmm? Did the whole play aspect work for you? Sure. Sure, it was. It was fine. But I like Banshees better. Mm. And I guess you could also say Banshees is kind of a play type of movie, but it's yes. a little more cinematic. Yeah. There's more locations. <laughs> it's weird. Like, it's weird. The same critics kind of... I, uh, I was going to compare it to, to Tar, but... <laughs> <laughs> I somehow wanted to like, talk about Tar. No, I, I guess not. Tar is unbelievable to me. That's all. Unbelievably uh, I, slow. That, <laughs> but um, as far as acting goes, I I never saw her. Um, uh, I saw right through it. I didn't believe. It's like her latest uh, music video or whatever it was that that uh, that she just released a couple of days ago, or whatever. You mean she's? Um, it's, it's too much of an acting. Piece and yeah, she's playing some kind of a, a rock, a punk rocker chick. I don't know. I don't know if it's from a future movie, mm-hmm. um, or if it's a music video or something like that. But right. it's it's just one of those performances that you could say, ah, oh, I know exactly who you are, and this, this bullshit. And it's the same thing. But yeah, but as far as reading lines goes, yeah, yeah, she read a shitload of lines. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, I was reading the reviews on the on or the the negative reviews on on. The whale, and one person said, one like non-critic person said that it's Darnovsky's Norbit. <laughs> what? <laughs> and 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 then that this is just an example of miserableism, or miserableism, in which I actually I actually go, is that a thing, miserableism? And I looked it up. I guess it is a thing. And I guess you know I would agree. It's it's it is a kind of a miserable movie. But it, 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 it's it's but it's also like like what what he did with Requiem Dreamed. Would you say that those drug addiction scenes as exploitive or as disgusting or as like, I mean, this is what what this really looks like, and I think that's what's this the is point. What this is this is what he's done his whole career. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Understand like, I don't know. I think we're kind of living we're living now in a like body positive era, and this kind of. Um, this doesn't fit in that narrative, really. I mean, this is you know, so it it, conf- it conflicts with that this era that we're living this kind of body positive era. But I mean, this is not about body body positive. This is about this is about a certain addiction that has destroyed this person's life. And I don't see. I mean, there's like certain nuances about, uh, uh, you know, uh overeating uh, and stuff like that they're, they're, you know this is this is this is a character who overeats because of emotion the emotions he is uh, dealing with and that's not true to every large person out there you know, there's large people who just kind of naturally have low metabolism and just get large because of you know they're they're just you know just because of the of of calorie intake or whatever i mean it, it, this is this is not necessarily a bind, uh, a rejection of body positive. This is just about a an other shade of, of addiction. And that's what I see it, you know. And um I don't know. I thought it was a, a brilliant I thought I like I really I really loved the movie. I, I I was uh I would say this is one of my favorite movies of the year. I mean how would you rank this, Raymond, in, in your top ten? It, it, I, I remember when I watched it I felt that it was it was definitely one of my favorite movies of, of the year. But uh because uh, just because of the the play aspect didn't work for me as well as it did for you. Mm-hmm. It, it works it works well enough, but I wish they had done a bit more with the the screenplay to just felt make it feel a little less like a play. I don't know. I don't know how to better put it in better terms. But for me, it's number seven. 
And it's actually um, right behind Banshees. Oh, right really? Behind Banshees, so right kinda... behind Banshees, and right and um, or yeah, right behind Banshees, and right in front of uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Mm. So sandwiched between those two movies. Uh, Rich, would would this make your top ten? The whale? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot to like in it. I mean, the performances itself. I, is... I was so shocked that everyone was good. I mean, Sadie Sink, who's from Stranger Things, who plays Brendan Fraser's uh, daughter, I thought She's she was excellent. Boy, I thought she was excellent. Yeah. And even though the and character yeah. is unlikable. Yeah. and But I have so much empathy for that character and I understand what that her anger came from. Like Same. I, I actually, yeah, I, th- I thought people were being, a lot of critics were being a little too harsh with her character. Yeah. Because I was like, I was, I was like, her. well, her character is like certainly unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> It's. It, I thought everything just made sense. Like it just. I mean, the way they kind of you know pl- made the character played the character out, and they kind of show us. They show us like everything going on in her life, and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. I mean, this all makes sense that she would be like this. <laughs> her, it's it's left for interpretation about a certain thing and what she did in the movie, where if you know, um, if if she did it on purposely for the good or for the bad or whatever, there's a certain thing. But Brendan Fraser's character 100% believes that she is a good person. And uh, I, I thought that was like a really smart way to, to you know, to leave it open for interpretation. Uh, obviously, he's going to think his, his daughter is, uh, is good, Best. you know, quote unquote good. I think he says she's a good right. person multiple times in the movie. Although I could see someone saying, no, 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 that's the most evil person I've ever seen in my life, you know. And I think that what makes the what makes the movie so great. Uh you can have both arguments about, you know, it's it's left for interpretation. I think, I, I don't know, I, I really ducked this movie in a big way. I did not expect that I was going to like it this much. I thought this was going to be more on the exploitive side. But I thought this is, has... Well, that's what the reviews would make you think. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I thought the, the movie's actually a lot deeper than it is, or at least on the surface level. And it, it challenged you to really kind of think of each character and how they fit in, in this person's life. I Hung Chao is fucking awesome in this movie, man. Mm-hmm. Hung Chao as the nurse, or best friend too, of Brendan Fraser, is so good in the movie that- She it, might be even better than Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's so, yeah, it's, it, it, if they had to go against you know one another, then like, wow, who's, who's <laughs> the best performance? And we get a small cameo by Samantha Morton, I liked her I performance. I thought you were going to say we got a small cameo from the Peaks again. <laughs> Dave, right? I think it was Dave. No, we got uh, Samantha Morton, who was one of my favorite actresses. Uh, I love watching her. She was recently on The Walking Dead. Uh, she was, you know, a lot of things. Uh, she's, but she was actually had a small part in She Said, where she was excellent in. And she's, again, here, a small part. She's also excellent. And I think she's probably the, the least developed character in the whole whole film but even i was like kind of understanding where she was coming from too i don't know mm-hmm. i thought this i thought this portrayal of this family this portrayal of this these people were very genuine and i don't get the hate from these uh critics which makes me think that these critics don't understand these type of people or they have never really met yeah. these miserable well, <laughs> miserable this, this is, people th- before th- th- this is an interesting conversation to have because i've actually felt for a long time uh specifically like a uh, when I would watch movies about, you know, um, uh, people like with men that are mentally challenged and stuff like that, mm-hmm. movies like that are always trashed by critics. And and a lot of times, you know, you could you, it's, uh, kind of understand why. But for some other movies, for a lot of them, I'm like, I don't I don't understand why critics hate this movie as much as they do. And I always kind of felt it's like because I don't think critics really understand this like mm-hmm. i don't think they understand i don't think they know people with, uh, that are mentally challenged yeah. i don't think they've ever experienced it. i think they're too much in their bubble yeah exactly and i think and i think this is this is the same situation in many ways where it's like i don't think they've ever met someone like this i don't think they know people like they're just in their you know hollywood bubble <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i don't think they they even know this type of this pain and 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 so when they watch it, it comes off as phony or like, oh, this guy be some cartoon because I don't even, I can't even fathom this this type of uh, misery or this type of uh, depression. 
So it has to be made up. And and <laughs> and and, uh, and the way you, you would think that critics would be able to get behind it because of the the what causes Brendan Fraser's to fall into this addiction. You know what I mean? Because what causes him to fall into the addiction is the type of stuff that um, we've seen a lot of you know critically acclaimed movies. Uh-huh. You know, do films on that subject matter, but they don't. They'll just I don't know. They'll they they don't fall into this specific addiction. They'll go they'll 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 go through, down a different path. But it's still the same cause. It's still the same thing that you know we've seen. It, it's like Moonlight. <laughs> that spoiler. No, no. I mean, Brendan Fraser lost his uh, gay lover, or I guess you could say his gay boyfriend or husband. I don't know if they're officially married. But he is definitely no. his life partner. No, uh, because you said he couldn't. Oh, that's right. In the hospital, couldn't couldn't see him in the hospital. But right. yeah, he, um, but it was his lifelong partner, and that was the cause of this downfall and this kind of. Uh, and it, apparently, this was but kind that, of that. That's well, I guess we shouldn't get really into it. Yeah, right. I don't want to spoil the movie any more than that. Yeah, and, and apparently, this was kind of like loosely based on the writer, the screenwriters. Yeah, Samuel Samuel Deem Hunter, who also. Wrote the play and he also adapted it for the screen. Uh, this something and, happened and he, to and him. And he looks great now, so he must have lost a lot of weight. <laughs> the thing is, like when when there's a thing that happens in the movie where Brendan Fraser orders pizza every night, like two pizza, two big large pieces piece of pizzas every night, mm-hmm. where the delivery guy kind of comes in routinely, and that was like a that's straight out of a of a story that I saw on The Biggest Loser. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that make? I'm not trying to make a joke, but there's a guy. You know, Biggest Loser was this reality show, weight loss show, where they had like these big guys uh, compete in a reality exercise program. Right? It went on for ten seasons. I watched every episode of that <laughs> show. I love that show. Me and uh, I think Puff Daddy loves that show. Uh, <laughs> what movie was that when Puff Daddy said, "Uh, it's Biggest Get Loser"? The Greek. Which one? Get him to the Greek. <laughs> it was bigger yeah. loser night. Uh, so me and Puff Daddy have the same quality <laughs> of uh, television, reality television. So one, I remember one particular story where a guy who um, uh, would order pizza every night to the point where they didn't, he didn't have to pick up the phone. They just would know. They would, re- they would, they would just automatically have his order ready every six o'clock in the in the evening or whatever, and he would pay them uh, at the door. He didn't have to call them. He they just knew it because he there was just he, frequent. He, he wouldn't even he wouldn't even pay at the door. He would leave the money at the door. Well, this is in the whale, but in the Biggest Loser guy, he would pay. Oh. The, he would pay. But I mean, oh. I, I'm just saying this is this is not like this is not a fake thing. This is a real thing. And I think if no one really knows that story or know this kind of world where these people live, they would think that oh, that must be a stupid idea or that's some dumb kind of. Uh, a made-up story just to make it more sick and more, you know, uh, just to make this character just more kind of gross or something like that. And no, I don't. These are real. I mean, everything in this movie, to me at least, and to know a little bit about it, felt genuine and felt real. And I think critics just didn't see it or don't have no clue what's what what something like I, this I goes felt, through. I felt that same way about critics for a long time when it came to what uh, again with you know movies about you know, people with mental disabilities mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know, cause unless with the, the one exception is, is rain man. You know? <laughs> That's the one that, you know, the, 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 I think critic, all critics love, but everything, everything else, it's like, no, <laughs> they, they just, they, they hate it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think, um, and I think it, it's, it's, they mostly just like rain man. Cause it's a very specific type of, uh, mental, um, mental disability where, where I think it's very easy for them to still kind of grasp onto, but like when it, when when you go to when you when you go to other territories, I, I don't know. It's just I, for them, it's like oh, this is this is like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, it's not a cartoon. It's real life. But mm. one of the kind of great um, films about mental illness and of a teenager about a person about a teenager dealing with violence and aggression is uh, Mommy, right? Mommy, was it called Mommy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, what um, a, the, the the French movie. Yeah, the Fr- French Canadian film by uh, Xavier Dolan. Uh, yes, and he was only like maybe twenty two or something like that when he directed and wrote that movie. And I'm like, fuck this guy. And I don't, and he you know he had, I think he's he's someone he's like a 
uh, a, you he's know, an think, actor now, right? Yeah, he's an actor, but also he is, I think he has, comes from a family of filmmakers or, or artists. So like, man, and to, he, you know, so I, I, you don't necessarily need to be a part of that community. You got to at least know the stories. I mean, I think mommy was like a great portrayal mm-hmm. of mental illness and, un, you know, the, the, the frustration of trying to raise a kid on your own, you know, cause it's, it's, it's set around a single mother and, and. I don't know. I thought that was just a brilliant, brilliant piece of work. And uh, Xavier Xavier Dolan is a a, a very interesting filmmaker because at such a young age he was like ta- tackling these like very mature subject yeah, matters. Yeah, and, and he made so many movies like uh, when he was j- just a kid, basically. And uh, it's crazy because now he's probably best known for the the small role he had in It Chapter Two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. In his his film, I don't know what's the I don't know what the last movie he directed. I mean, it didn't get that much uh, notice, really. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, but he did like Lawrence, anyways, and that was like a, a, a about like a, a trans man. Yeah, and, uh, it's, and he was very. I think he he was he was very young. I think he was like eighteen years old when he made that movie, and it was like ten years ago. And then, you know, the, that that subject matter is like only now getting very popular in film. You know, so. The fact that he was like tackling back then, he's like, "Oh, I did that for my senior year of high school." So I don't know. I, I hopefully, hopefully he didn't like. Uh, hopefully, oh. you know, like he didn't like. Oh, he's now over the hill or whatever. Hopefully, he comes back with something very deep. Maybe he could do whale oh. the t- two. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, he probably what, what he should do is he probably should just uh, do a couple more acting gigs, and then he could just produce whatever movie he wants. Because it seems like he makes his movies for pretty cheap. Yeah, <clears throat> that's for another episode. Um, yeah, so that's our thoughts on the whale, which we just recently saw. Me and Rich recently saw Raymond saw this in theaters uh, last month, two or two months ago. I don't know, like like in January, you saw it. I don't, I don't remember. It was either December or January, but yeah. And so uh, we highly recommend it. It's now available on VOD. I guess it's is it premium VOD. It's available now on premium VOD, and uh, you know this was one of the movies that I wanted to see right away because because of Brendan Fraser's performance, and you know it's getting a lot of buzz. Much deserve, much deserve all the accolades, and uh, hopefully he wins the Oscar because I think it's one one of his best performance of his career, and it's a a fascinating thing. Rich, really quick before we go, his prosthetics. uh, Did you like that? Do you you think it looked too fake, or do you think it looked close enough? Uh, I thought it looked good, uh, uh, pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know it, it, it's it's a lot better than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's worthy of a. Damn, that's pretty close because. Uh, you liked uh, Tom Hanks' makeup more? No, uh, <laughs> Colin Farrell in, in, in uh, Batman. Batman. Oh, Batman! Oh, that's tough, man. Um, I think you know I would still have to probably say that the Batman had slightly better, but that's not even in the competition, right? Is it nominated? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is. It's gonna go to the whale, but I, I think maybe the Batman deserves it a little more because the thing is, like the Batman, I could I could still probably till this day if I if they put a, di- a different actor's name there, I would not know it's Colin Farrell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. If they if if they just misspelled his name, I would be like, who's this new actor? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the the amount of work that, that they had to do for the whale, I thought that was uh, commendable. And, um, it's a different. It's very different type of jobs, right? Because I, yeah. I guess it's more the body, and and then the other ones just it's the, the face. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Batman. It's, it's, it's definitely the, the best kind of fat suit, quote unquote fat suit, which is maybe at this point a derogatory term, but it is like one of the best fat suits we've seen in cinema up until this point. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely or, yeah, know, it's definitely better, better than Nutty Professor. Yeah, 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 stuff like that. Yeah. Um, all right, that's it for this episode of Inside Flicks. Thank you for listening to uh, us. We'll be back next week. All right, take it easy.